With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Oh, first let me give you the phone number, even though I think there's only one or two lines open. 800-520-1534. Now, this is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. All right, Robert, let's start with you. Welcome to, uh, oh, no, no, let me do, uh, God, I don't know where I'm going today. Uh, let me do my monologue, because uh, it's, uh, it's a fun one uh, this morning. Okay, this has to do with lawsuit in Switzerland. Now, uh, I'm sure you have heard of uh, the chocolate manufacturer Lint, L-I-N-D-T, not the Lint you find in your belly button. It is just one of the premier uh, manufacturers of chocolate. I mean, all over the world, they sell it. Well, there is another company uh, that also manufactures uh, chocolate, uh, and it's called uh, Lidl, L-I-D-L. And this has to do with chocolate bunnies. Lint uh, for Easter and the holidays makes these chocolate bunnies, and they're world famous for that. Well, Lytle started making these chocolate bunnies, and Lint went to court. Uh, now, Lytle is German. Lint is Switzerland. Uh, this lawsuit was filed in Switzerland. Where do you think it went? That's right. Uh, it just so happens that the court is uh, big on uh, chocolate bunnies from a Swiss company. And uh, so... Uh, they produce, so the lawsuit is there for uh, Lytle to stop manufacturing chocolate bunnies that look just like Lint's. And surveys were submitted by Lint showing that Lint's Easter bunnies uh, was very well known to the public. And uh, the two products, one from Lint, one from Lytle, were likely to be confused, uh, even though there were some differences, but not enough. And guess what? Court uh, ruled in favor of Lint. Even more so, not just stop manufacturing the bunnies, you get to destroy all of your bunnies. Now, destroying bunnies is not the end of the world. It's not like they throw them away. Uh, They just remelt them, I guess. I'm just assuming I'm not a a big chocolate manufacturer. And uh, Lint has fought a lot of court battles over the years to protect its uh, chocolate Easter bunny. And... So there was a lawsuit. It reminds me of a, a suit that was filed here in the United States. Haagen-Dazs, of course, you know Haagen-Dazs ice cream. Well, there was a company that came out, uh, Frozen Glage, uh, that manufactured ice cream, uh, basically high-end premium ice cream. And uh, there it is on the market. So you had Haagen-Dazs and you had Frozen Glage. Well, Haagen-Dazs uh, sues Frozen. We're going to call them Frozen. We're going to call them Fro for short. Uh, that's their nickname. So they sue Frozen Glage, saying we have a Swiss or we have a Swedish name, and your company that now came up with a Swedish name 
people will confuse the two companies. And, of course, Frozen Glage says, you're crazy. Hagendas, Frozen Glage, come on. So the lawsuit is filed, and they go to court. And uh, the judge, in one of the great decisions of all time, says, let me get this right. You have one company with a made-up Swiss na- or uh, Swedish name suing another company with a made-up Swedish name. Get out. Just get out of court. And so that one was gone, but this one uh, was not. Lint wins the lawsuit, as well they should, actually, because they were the first ones out. Everybody knows Lint chocolate bunnies, world famous. Okay, now let's uh, go to uh, some phone calls. Okay, a couple of them are pretty good. Here we go. All right, Robert, let's start with you. Welcome to Handle on the Law, Robert. Yeah, hi. So I was a defendant in a lawsuit. I'm a, a president of a corporation, and I'm named as a defendant in a lawsuit, like a small claims court. Okay, you're named they, uh, as a, you're named as an individual, as well as the well, corp. I, as, I, is the corporation okay. named? Well, what they did is they just said my name, Robert McClintock, a DBA, this company, but it's not a DBA; it's a corporation. Okay, now let me ask you. Um, it's a corporation. Okay, that helps a lot. Did they also sue the corporation or just you no. and the DBA? Just the DBA. And okay, myself. so you. Okay, so that that's no lawsuit, Robert. Okay, that's gone. Now the trick is, uh, how do you get out of it with um, with the least amount of hassle? I mean, the cleanest way is for you to show up in small claims court and say, "Hey, this is a corporation. It isn't a DBA." Uh, a DBA, by the way, is you You are responsible as an individual. Basically, a DBA is you. Uh, so you have to be named, and the DBA has to be named, and then that's a valid lawsuit. But if it's a corporation, they have to name the corporation. By the way, I'm assuming the contract, whatever it was, was between uh, the plaintiff and the corporation, correct? Exactly. Okay, yeah. so that's easy. So, uh, so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Uh, because, uh, okay, showing up is a pain because you have to show up. You have to sit there until the case is called. You'll lose half a day. Uh, I would call the clerk of the court and ask, uh, here is the question, uh, Mr. Clerk of the Court. And that is just describe that it's not you, wrong name, what do I do? Now, the clerk might say, you got to show up. That's just the way it goes. The clerk may tell you, write a letter to the judge. Write a letter to the court. And explain the situation, and that should go. Now, uh, if uh, the letter doesn't get there and the court uh, uh, rules for the plaintiff, then you just appeal it. And uh, then you have to show up in court because they are not buying the letter. But I would do that first. You get it, you okay, get, another, you get, you get, the defendant gets another go-round, in other words. You get two bites of the yeah. apple. Yeah, I get all that. Now, can I just not show up and appeal it? Uh, yeah, you can not show up, but you're going to lose because there's no one to refute. There'll be a judgment against you. Yeah, but if I there's a judgment against the wrong name, so... It doesn't matter. There's a judgment. How do they know it's the wrong name, Robert? Because I could show them that... No, 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 no. You don't show them. You have to make a ma- motion to the court once there is a judgment. Okay. You have to actually go into court to quash the judgment. Uh-huh. Oh, hey, Ron. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do it. It's a pain in the... It's, it's a pain. So just try to get out of it. Call the clerk... 
Uh, and if you have to show up, you show up, which is uh, ridiculous. By the way, if you lose a day of work or you lose business, I turn around and sue the plaintiff for that. Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, and let them know. Let them know. Let the plaintiff know. Hey, guy, uh, wrong person. I'm not a DBA. All right, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Welcome. Hi there. Yes. Um, so my daughter lives right outside of Chicago, and about three years ago, they were living in a apartment building that was three stories high, probably housed twelve or fifteen families. Anyway, one o'clock in the morning, fire alarms going off. Their entire apartment building is on fire. Uh, it turned out to be a total loss. Cause of fire um, was an arcing light fixture mounted to the outside of the building. Okay. Uh, somebody had a photo of it. Also, the fire department did their assessment, and that was the cause of fire. Okay, fair enough. They, they, um, in order to live there, you had to have renter's insurance, which they have like fifteen grand, I think. After the fire, the Red Cross came in, put everybody up in a hotel, and then it's a huge complex. The apartment is, they call it a village. Anyway, they um, offered them an apartment uh, at a reduced rate. It had just been rehabbed, um, and that was it. Done. They lost everything okay. in the fire. So what's your question? And do they have a right to sue the owners of that complex, of the building, or uh, property management? Uh, you know, uh, first of all, first of all, you make the claim. Against them. It's not a question of the right. I mean, you have the right to sue anybody, Lisa. The issue yeah. is, uh, is it a valid lawsuit? And the argument is, uh, yeah, the reason there was a fire, you didn't properly maintain the building, so you're responsible. Here's my claim. You make a claim. Uh, this is their first offer, Lisa. And she says, no, that's not enough. I want more. And they'll, they turn it over to their insurance company. And you're arguing with the insurance company. It was happening, Lisa. And if you don't get enough money or you feel like there's not enough money, I'm making you, basically your daughter, I'm conflating the two, uh, then you just file the lawsuit. Say, that's not enough. I want, uh, I want all my property uh, covered uh, because it's your fault, and that is proper, improper uh, maintenance. You guys blew it, and you do have a duty to maintain. Absolutely, they have a duty to maintain. Uh, and the only thing about renter's insurance, it just makes it easier. It just becomes automatic uh, where, yeah. you know, you're not fighting anybody. You just submit and you go, here it is. Now, I'm assuming she took pictures of everything. I'm assuming uh, that when you make a claim, uh, the insurance company says, uh, it doesn't look like that's worth $2,000, that couch. That looks like a $200 couch. And there's nothing left of it. You have no way to refute it. So what you want to do is get as much information possible, uh, anticipating. This is for everybody. Excuse me. Anticipating some kind of a fight with the insurance company, your insurance company, the other side. But that's the way it works. And uh, push comes to shove. uh, You file the lawsuit and uh, it's and if the insurance company doesn't uh, doesn't. Pony up. You can also hire a public adjuster. Uh, those are people that specialize in representing people with insurance companies. But the quick answer, yes, you can sue. That's the way to handle it. You're going to get in a fight with the insurance company. Or they're going to turn around and write you the check. There are some terrific insurance companies out there that say, okay, depends on which one it is. But other than that, that's the quick answer. 
Uh, that's even the uh, slow answer. This is Handle on the Law. Uh, Nazar, Nazar, uh, I don't, how do I pronounce that? Nazar. Nazar, uh, okay. I what can a, I do for you? I purchased a device for my mom, old mom, uh, for safety or emergency use. Okay, what's so a, what's the what's what's the device? It's a device. It's like hang up in the neck, and when oh, okay, got it. it. Okay, got it. Okay, I was just wondering about that. Okay, I'm falling and I can't get up. Yeah. Kind of device. Okay. So three, four years, she was okay, and came a time like she fell at night, and she pushed the bottom several times, long, long time, did not respond. So I called the the company. Say, oh, we are sorry, we gotta replace it for you. I say, so I think four years for this moment, and say sorry. So here is the issue: is any anything I can do against yeah. them? Yeah, probably. Uh, my guess is you can probably sue for the money you paid them for the last four years because the contract is breach. Uh, if, uh, they're going, here's the problem you're going to have. Uh, they said, I'm sorry that the device never worked. Is that what they told you, Nazar? They just, we are sorry, we're going to replace it. And I tried to ask them, Hey, at least okay. pay me back. Whatever. All what right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Okay. You got to sue them in small claims court. I mean, that, now, now I want to talk about the issue because it's really interesting. Uh, how much was it a month, Nazar? It is like thirty dollars a month. All right, so uh, okay, three hundred three hundred and sixty bucks uh, over four years. Okay, so you're talking some money. You're talking I don't know twelve hundred, thirteen hundred. I don't do uh, math very well. All right, so you're going to assume for that much money. Uh, the problem is they're going to argue you don't know when it stopped working. Did you test it every month? Do they have a record of it being tested? They're supposed to test it, sir, not me. How do you, I, I well, so. hang on. How do you know they're supposed to test it? Is that part of the contract? Does it well, say, does, does it, does, my, my does, they're supposed to maintain their device. No, I understand, but what? is it part of the contract? What is? I don't know what that means, maintain their device. They tested, and by the way, when they said they're supposed to maintain their device, it makes sense, logical, but I'd love to know what the contract says because they're going to argue, you know what? This thing went south two weeks ago. It could have uh, – something could have happened to it. And now you're sitting on a $15 lawsuit. Though. I'm sorry? Could be another work. It could be. But the problem is you have to prove that. You can't, you can't say it could be. That doesn't work. Now, uh, I think you have a pretty good case. If I'm the Supreme Court, if I'm the Supreme Court, if I'm the small claims court judge, I'm going to give it to you. Okay, Uh, so uh, is it worth going to small claims court for thirteen hundred or whatever the amount is, fifteen hundred bucks? Yeah, it's up to you. Uh, But you don't have a lot of proof except you have uh, the logic behind you. But I'm just saying that's their defense. And you've got to figure out, you know, how to argue their defense. And you have a pretty good argument. So, uh, yeah, is it worth a shot? Yeah, probably. You know, unless you don't want to hassle it. Now, I want to tell you about uh, cybersecurity. Uh, October, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Uh, a reminder to ensure you're doing everything you can to stay safer, uh, stay safer online. But here's the problem. 
you don't know. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives and how it works. Your personal information gets exposed every minute, makes it dangerously easy for a cyber criminal to steal your identity. And how's the protection? Well, let me tell you with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock detects, alerts you to potential identity threats you probably don't even know are out there. Loans being taken out in your name, credit cards being applied for, uh, crimes being committed and they're using your name. I mean, it's a god-awful mess. And if you become a victim of identity theft with uh, Norton there protecting you, a dedicated specialist will work to fix your problem. Now, no one can prevent all ID theft or monitor every transaction at every business. But LifeLock, that is protection. Identity theft protection. Join, save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code HANDLE. Call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE, or visit lifelock.com, promo code HANDLE. This is Handle on the Law. Cheryl, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Thank you. Um, My husband was taken from our small Arizona town to a neighboring Nevada hospital for emergency abdominal abscess surgery. 20 days in um, and real plans to come home, he contracted COVID. Uh, at some point, he was given some blood for on and off anemia. Um, case manager said that's just the world we live in. Um, he was quarantined, and 30 days in, he's never coming home. Uh, he passed away okay. Tuesday. So, um, you know, I I heard your previous caller. I I don't know. You know, I guess there's no recourse. And um, no, I don't think so because uh, it to prove uh, that he was given COVID uh, and the hospital didn't do enough if they tested. I mean, a lot of people died and didn't know where they get COVID. I don't think those cases have gone very far. So I think you have that part right. But go on. I know you have more. Right. I wanted to know for insurance policy purpose. Um, could that be considered an accident? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, if someone dies, insurance covers it, other than whatever the policy is, the first two years or well, whatever. The policy, yeah, there's yeah. One, one denomination for just if, if he passed, but um, if it's an accident, um, it's, it, there's more money. Yeah, I, know, I, would argue, I would argue it's an accident. I think that's, okay. le- I think that's legitimate. Uh, so I, okay. I would definitely... Uh, uh, make a claim for an accident. I mean, for them to argue that it's not an accident, what is it? Uh, it's. Uh, I think okay. you're. I think you're okay on that. Yes, make so a claim for the who insurance. Who do I? Just any. Um, I mean, do I talk to an attorney? No, no, no. I, you know, no, no. You call the insurance company and you just file uh, the uh, the death certificate, uh, and that's it. Okay. And then they, and then they write you a check. Yeah, I assume okay. you, you have the pol- You have a copy of the policy, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. yeah. You just submit. Okay. You call whoever. You submit whatever they are by email. Whatever. You go. Here's a copy of the policy. Uh, here's the death certificate. Uh, write me a check. Uh, how much money okay. was it, Cheryl? Um, I think it was like twenty five thousand. But if it was an accident, it was more like a hundred. Wow. Okay. Uh, then yeah. You, yeah. I think you're going to do okay on that. I think so. Uh, how old are okay. you? How old are you, Cheryl? I'm 66. He was 77. Right. Okay. 66. Okay. You can still pull it off with a 22-year-old pool boy with $100,000. That'll, that'll work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'll work. Uh, Roma. Hello, Roma. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Uh, my question to you is, 
I was walking down the street, the highway, a main highway. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, okay. I was walking, I'll add more to that. I was walking against the sun, and I fell. There was a big hole in the sidewalk. Oh, okay. Okay, I fell down, hit my chin, 17 stitches, um, bruised all my arms, had a whiplash. Um, And uh, so I did go to a lawyer. There was so much blood all over the place. Um, and so, uh, okay, we're with a lawyer two years ago. Now, I hear nothing, I call, and then I get a letter to say that it's going to be in court in 2024. Now, I am approaching 90 years of age, and, you know, I just said to the lawyer, you know, could you possibly let us settle out of court um, rather than, you know, go through all this? Because he gets more percentage uh, by going to court, which... You know, it doesn't matter to me one way. Yeah, but I also have to tell you, he does a lot more work, Roma. It's a lot cheaper for him. It's a lot better for him to take a settlement than it is to go to court. Yeah, unless it is unless it is a good case, and the insurance company is offering bubkis, very very little or next to nothing, then you take it to court. Uh, yeah. But okay, so far so good. What what? And by the way, your damages don't seem astronomical to me. Uh, yeah. You know, the bruising, eh? Uh, your chin? Did you lose teeth? Uh, did you? Oh, I know. But I couldn't. I couldn't eat for three days because uh, my whole was out of whack. Yeah, well, I mean, you're, pro- you're probably too fat anyway, Roma. So you know, three no, days. I'm not. Three, I'm not at all too yeah. fat. Yeah. All right. Well, three days wouldn't kill you. Okay. So uh, I'm just talking damages now. All right. Oh, they, I see. Yeah. If you had like your uh, jaw was had to be rewired and you needed all kinds of surgery, then that becomes a, a substantial case. But I'm just uh, that's not uh, particularly relevant here. All right. So what's your question? My question to you is, I mean, if this happens, it happens. I don't know if I'll be alive in 2024. Right. So that's why, why can't we just settle out of court? Well, because the Um, insurance company may very well be waiting for you to die. Because once you die, the case disappears. Of course. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. No, the estate can't sue. But, Roman, let me tell you, I don't know why your lawyer isn't filing for an expedited uh, uh, court case. Uh, because at 90, you're entitled to be put at the front of the line. I know. Well, he did ask me. He said, are you very ill? I said, well, I just started defibrillator put in. But generally speaking... It doesn't know, matter. Say, it I... doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're oh. old. Uh, yeah, you're old yeah. enough that you uh, you qualify for an expedited uh, uh, process, expedited procedure. So you got to find out, did you file for that? You're asking the attorney that. Do you know if that was a yes or a no? Okay, I don't know. I'll you got to find out. Again. You have to find yeah. out. And if he didn't, you ask for it immediately uh, because that's the way you speed everything up. And then that's when the insurance companies really start moving. Yeah, you're 90 years old. They're going to sit back and wait. Uh, yeah, 100%. David. Hello, David. Welcome. Good morning, Bill. Um, a brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, Okay, it's power of attorney to the mother. Now, the question is, is if mom dies, she's 89, almost 90 years old. If mom dies or when she dies, who's, is, is, does he have to take care of all her bills or outstanding I'm bills? I'm sorry, the who has to take care? Does the, the, uh, the rest of the family like... Oh, okay, is, okay. For, okay, so let's start with... No, no, let's start with the fact no one has a duty to take care of mom, to bury mom. You can leave her out on the sidewalk, actually, uh, and uh, let the sanitation people pick her up. 
Uh, however, if she is leaving any money, if there is an estate, the first thing that must be paid out of the estate are funeral expenses. Okay. If there's any money anywhere that she has, uh, and now even we we've, we've taken care of that, we paid for that already. So what the, you she's he, all settled on that? Okay, so she settled. So the funeral was paid for out of that money. She's not dead yet. She's still oh, alive. Okay. Well, if that's taken care of, uh, then okay, her expenses are taken care of. Uh, she is. But, but uh, she has like. She has like hospital expenses because she was just in the hospital. Again, the estate, the estate, the estate has to be has to pay for that. That has uh, a that has a superior position than does distributing the money. Distributing the money is way down the line. First funeral expenses, you took care Uh of that. Uh, Then taxes, whatever, whatever is left over, you have to pay for that. Uh, Then you have uh, money that's owed. Uh, credit cards, whatever right. debt has to be paid, and then the distribution. By the way, the power of attorney, once okay. she's dead, means nothing. Okay. Yeah, that All means right. nothing. You're going to have to open probate. Uh, is there a trust or I, is there a will in place? There's nothing. Uh, she has to, nothing. How old is she? Not, uh, 89, almost 91 in November. Okay, from 89 to 91. That's that's in one year. That's a good trick. I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. You know, some pe- some people are just get old very quickly. Just look at me. I look in the mirror every day. Um, all right. Uh, how much money does she have, you think? Uh, a couple of thousand dollars, two, three thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. Then there's nothing to do. Then there's nothing to do. I mean, just, uh, a- yeah, your brother just, uh, you know, I'll just go ahead and write the check under the power of attorney and don't don't even tell anybody that she's dead. Just clean out the account. That's That's all you do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you're only talking that, there's yeah, there no one's going to argue at all. Just write it, even though you're not supposed to, for two, three thousand dollars. I mean, what are you going to do? This is handle on the law. Martha, you're up. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Um, my parents passed away recently. They have a rental property under trust, <clears throat> along with their primary home that my sisters and I inherited. I want to keep the rental property. Will the taxes be reassessed? Oh, good question. Okay, two questions uh, to ask you. Uh, number one, do you plan on moving in at all? Uh, no. Okay, good. I want to keep it as, okay. a, as uh, a rental. Okay, uh, the other question is, um, uh, are you over 55? Don't answer, because you sound like you're 90. Uh, so <laughs> I'm assuming you're over 55, Correct. I am. Okay, I am. You're, you're fine then. You're, uh, it won't be reassessed. Those are the two issues. Prop 19 was passed and it kicked in uh, last year. And uh, there is reassessment unless you're over 55 or unless you're moving in. So you're fine. Oh, okay. okay. Um, that's wonderful. It, and, and in addition to that, I am the successor of the, the trust. So I need to fill out an application for an EIN number. Um, I think it's called the Form SS4 num- uh, form. And um, it asks for the address. Is it my address since I'm the responsible party? Yeah. Yeah. It is my address. Yeah, yeah, I- your address. Put down the, not that it matters. Uh, Michael. Hi, Michael. Welcome. Yeah, hi, uh, Bill. Um, my neighbor and I were going uh, halves on a fence, and <clears throat> it got completed. Uh, he had uh, a guy in an RV uh, that was along the fence on his side that was helping him do handiwork around the house, whatever. Anyways, the thing caught on fire, burnt down one of my sheds or close to it, and damaged the other one and burned about nine panels. And he's saying that it's his fault, the 
you know, his tenant or whatever that was living there. And so where do I go with that? Do I uh, just put it on my insurance? And yeah, it depends. How go, much, how much go, money? You know, sue him yeah, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much money are we talking about, Michael, to fix everything? Probably five grand. Okay, so... Yeah, I mean, I don't know how big your deductible is, but for five grand, yeah, here are your choices. You can put it on your insurance, which keeps you and your neighbor in good terms. You can sue, and not necessarily the neighbor, because it wasn't the neighbor's fault. It was a tenant, correct? Yes. Okay, uh, the tenant is the one that's at fault. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're gonna, you file a sm- oh, you just file a small claim suit against the uh, tenant and see what happens. Then you go to your insurance. Then you just immediately file for your insurance. So you pay the deductible, and since you were halves with the uh, uh, the other guy, um, you uh, you know who who eats the deductible. Well, you guys would split it. So um, yeah, that's easy. Insurance. That's where you go and split all the costs with your neighbor if he's already gone halves on that. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, we haven't. Uh, you know it out any money yet because it's still not complete. Yeah. So I haven't paid any money. Right. But then you just, uh, yeah, just submit to your insurance company. Although uh, there may be an issue with your insurance company because, excuse me, uh, your policy probably says you submit and they go out and the adjuster goes out and uh, inspects and finds out. Because, you know, what if you're replacing the whole, uh, the whole fence and you only need to replace 10 feet? Uh, because uh, your fence looks like crap, and you go, oh boy, I'm going to use this uh, to replace the entire fence. Not that you're right. doing well, it, but the thing was already built. Yeah, I know, I know. Week. I, I get it, I get it. But I'm saying, down. but I'm saying, what your policy is is oh. that you have to have them come out. But then you argue. Listen, it's only five thousand dollars. Okay, uh, you can take a picture of the other part and say, come on, all I'm doing is matching the other part. You should be okay, uh, but you're probably in violation of your insurance policy. Uh, so. Uh, be prepared to fight with him, okay? Okay. I think you're going right. to win. I think you're going to win, but it depends on the insurance company again. Uh, you know, some of them are basically decent people because you're dealing with an adjuster. And it really depends what, uh, you know, how, how happy is the adjuster that morning? Did the adjuster get laid the night before with the girlfriend? Uh, and if the answer is no and he's really pissed off, he takes it out on you. Uh, does he like you? Uh, you know, how, uh, what kind of an attitude do you come to him? Do you demand, I know my rights or, Hey, give me a break guy. You know, uh, look what happened. Uh, you know, my fence is down. Uh, I have a dog that's dying of cancer and keeps on going across the fence. And, uh, what are the puppies going to do? And, uh, you know, you can do that too. I mean, you know, which way do you think that's going to go? Rose. Hello, Rose. Hi, I have a question regarding a divorce. Yes, ma'am. I separated from my husband three and a half years ago. I hired an attorney and filed for divorce. Um, I received a stipulation order from the court um, giving me a specific amount of money for alimony. And also uh, in regards to the home that we own, we basically co-own it until the event of either one of our deaths. Um, so and you signed and you, and you signed the stipulation. Oh yeah. Okay, so that's it was all okay. through the court. All right. So everything what, all right. Co- co- so what, what's your question? That. What's your question? Um, my attorney sent me a notice saying that um, I either had to continue with filing for the divorce, even though I was happy with the stipulation order, 
And um, so basically they uh, dropped the case and I became my own. Okay, hang, uh, hang on a minute. How, hold, hold on a minute. You continue on with your divorce. I have a question. How do you divorce a dead person? I've never figured out how to do it. Now, there are plenty well, of people that, that think their my, spouse is how dead. Did, how did you know that? I didn't even say. Um, I... Because you said actually, my husband you, you said, just passed away. Right, you said your husband's divorce. So uh, the lawyer said you can continue on with your divorce, and all you have is a stipulation in place as to how the property is going to be split up. Correct? Yes. Okay. So, okay. So, but he just passed away September the twelfth. Doesn't only matter. Two weeks ago. Doesn't matter. Did you have a stipulation order in place? Yes. Okay. Were so you now, were you divorced yet? No. Okay, then uh, you can't divorce a dead person. Okay. Yeah, your lawyer, your lawyer is wrong. A, you can't go forward with a divorce. It's over. I got a notice from I got a notice from the courts that our our court date was set in twenty twenty six. Yeah. Well, just let so them know. I just wanted, Yeah, let them know that that your husband is dead. That's what that was my question. Yeah, that's you have to let him know that your husband now. Yeah, now theoretically, you can bring your husband in for the divorce, but that gets really messy. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So I just so there there is a legal form though that I have to sign that I have to send to the courts notifying that them of his yeah, death. Yeah, and I don't know that I don't know. I don't do divorce, but that's that's easy. You can call a divorce okay. attorney and uh, ask that question. I'm sure divorce attorneys will answer that question. This is handle on the law. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.